Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Welcome to the August edition of the Kitchen Garden Podcast. Thank you very much for downloading it. In another packed issue, we have plenty to keep you busy in the fruit and veg garden this month. Rob Smith explains why we should all grow colourful chard, while Ben Van Heems encourages us to add some zing to our winter salads with some tangy winter radishes. I offer my top tips for growing another nutritious winter standby, sprouting broccoli, while KG regular Colin Randall reveals the latest from RHS trials on the very best leek varieties for your plot. Raspberries are always popular, whether for eating fresh, making into preserves or freezing, and KG's Emma Rawlings has some great advice on choosing varieties in time for ordering ahead of autumn or winter plantings. Organic gardener Joyce Russell has some useful advice to help you keep pests from your produce without ever reaching for the chemicals, and Julie Moore explains how to make a food dehydrator to help you store many more of your summer harvest long into the winter months. Of course, we also have our usual roundup of all the essential jobs for August in the veg garden and on the allotment. Happy gardening! Armed with a few blunt tools in her rucksack, Sue Strickland made her way to an enchanting walled garden in the centre of Worcester to take some valuable lessons from the resident tool sharpening expert, William Scott. If your long-lost secateurs recently turned up stiff, rusty and blunt in the compost heap, don't despair. Mine were once in a similar state, but that was before I visited William Scott at his home at the Walled Garden, a half-acre haven for plants and wildlife right in the centre of Worcester. William has had a lifetime's experience in sharpening blades and looking after tools, and is keen to pass on his knowledge to gardeners. A sort of muck and magic has grown up around tool sharpening, he says. People, mostly men, he admits, make it seem more complicated than it is. In fact, it is quick and easy. There is nothing mysterious about it. He makes a good case for his art. Sharp tools do a quicker, better job, he explains. Sharp secateurs make it easier to prune, for example and the cleaner cuts heal faster, giving little chance for disease to enter. Sharper tools are safer too, as you need only carefully applied gentle force to make the cut. Mistakes are therefore less likely. Knowledge passed on. It could have been the lure of pocket money that led William to develop his skills at an early age. 
His father taught woodwork and metalwork at the local college and school in Downpatrick, Northern Ireland, and every year at the end of term, William helped sharpen 32 sets of woodwork tools ready for the next batch of students. And then the domestic science teacher would bring in all her kitchen knives and dressmaking scissors too. You might think that task would have put him off tool sharpening for life, but no. Restoring the historic walled garden, which he and his wife Julia acquired 20 years ago, has given him plenty of incentives to keep his woodwork, metalwork and gardening equipment well cared for. Now he has written a booklet to help the most impractical of gardeners look after their knives and hand tools, and he gives talks on the subject to gardening clubs and other groups. All gardeners need a little bit of knowledge and some confidence, says William. They worry they might harm their favourite tool if they try to sharpen it. But once they have learnt the basics, this really isn't the case at all. When I arranged to visit the walled garden last summer, William instructed me to bring some gardening tools that needed attention, and I'm ashamed to say that our tool shed housed quite a few. I had to dismiss the scythe. I would probably have got more than funny looks if I'd carried it on the train, but I packed the sorry-looking secateurs and some well-worn shears in my rucksack and put my 30-year-old pruning knife in my pocket. When I arrived, William had his bench all set up in the garden, ready for my lesson. Tools of the trade Your granny might have used a doorstep or the church wall for sharpening knives, says William, anything made from hard gritstone rather than brick or concrete. However, there are a few more portable bits of equipment that he recommends for sharpening garden tools. He finds one of the most useful items for day-to-day -day use is a little triangular metal file with a handle. This allows you to reach otherwise inaccessible places. You can get right into the centre of secateurs where the blades meet, for example, without having to dismantle them. You'll also need a wet stone or sharpening stone. Don't get confused by the word wet. It is nothing to do with water, but it is just an old word for sharpening. Doubly confusing because water is used to lubricate some types of sharpening stone during use. Traditionally, natural stones were used, but now most are made artificially, usually from carborundum or industrial diamond, in a variety of shapes and sizes for different uses. A small vice is useful, one that can be fixed to a bench or the kitchen table to hold tools securely while they're being worked on plus some thin oil or WD-40 and a rag to wipe the blades once the job is finished. You don't need to spend lots of money. William finds many of the items by poking around at car boot sales and junk shops. Otherwise, most can be found at local hardware stores. He is not a big fan of sharpening kits, as they usually sharpen blades at a fixed angle, which might not be the same as the one already on your blade, you could end up wearing away the blade to get to the new angle, he says. It is better to work with what you've got and sharpen by eye and feel. Principles of sharpening Putting an edge on a blade is such a traditional art that words such as grind and hone now have a common use, and I've never stopped to think what they really mean. William soon puts that right. Tools are made of thick metal to give them strength, he explains. 
Grinding cuts away some of the metal to give a beveled, sloping edge, a thinner cross-section onto which a sharp edge can be made by honing. So honing is the day-to-day -day process done with a sharpening stone or file. If a blade becomes badly chipped or so worn away that it is too thick to hone, then a grinding wheel, which will remove significant amounts of metal, will be needed to produce a new beveled edge. Different blades have different profiles, depending on what they are designed to cut. Pruning knives usually have one beveled and one flat space, for example, whereas kitchen knives are generally beveled on both sides. Have a good look at each tool and identify what you're dealing with before you start to sharpen it, says William. When you use a file or stone on a blade, a small sliver of metal called a burr will be taken off, but will still be attached to the edge of the blade. You can feel the roughness if you run your finger flat across the opposite surface of the blade, and it can be rubbed off by filing along this surface. The presence of a burr all along the blade tells you that you have sharpened it correctly. Knives, shears and secateurs Having explained the principles, William set to work on my poor old secateurs, first cleaning off the rust and dried organic matter from both blades with an old file and wire wool. With bypass secateurs, the cutting blade passes a blunt, curved holding blade and only the cutting blade needs to be sharpened. Using his small triangular file, he worked his way along the beveled edge and soon it was bright and shiny. Get the angle by placing the file or stone flat on the bevel, he says, and then bring it up a bit. Technically, it should make an angle of five degrees with the bevel, but it isn't critical. Next, it was the turn of the shears. First, William held them up to the light, watching to see that the blades met all along the length as he closed them. Having passed this test, they go into the vice and come under the file, just like the secateurs. This time the file is held horizontal and the handle down a bit, again at five degrees. William finds that shears and scissors with wavy edges are much more fiddly to sharpen and don't cut any better. Save yourself work and buy ones with a straight edge, he says. The penknife receives swift treatment. William held it on a level sharpening block, getting the angle in the same way as before, flat and up a bit, but this time tilting the knife. A few swipes along the stone, the burr filed off and a quick spray of oil. A couple of minutes was all it took. The Walled Garden The Walled Garden provided plenty of opportunity to try out my newly refurbished tools. It used to be the old kitchen garden to Rosehill House, the grand house that can be seen in the near distance over the wall. When William and Julia moved there in the 1990s, it was totally overgrown with brambles, nettles, bindweed and ground elder. Now it is both highly decorative and productive. Hornbeam hedges and espalier apples line paths. Ingeniously designed raised beds contain vegetables and salads. Box hedges surround beds of culinary and medicinal herbs, of which Julia has an extensive collection. Over the last 20 years... William and Julia have reclaimed some of the bits of history hidden in the garden. They have restored the old glasshouse, using the remaining Victoria metalwork, and it now protects the original grape, which has survived amongst the ruins. The old water bowser was given an MOT and new wooden handles. Other features, 
the sunken hothouse and the astronomical observatory, for example, still wait for attention. Some of the trees are original. A large old apple tree, a commis pear once trained on the wall, but now enjoying its freedom. And two walnuts planted by the squirrels, says William. However, he and Julia have planted other traditional fruiting trees. A mulberry, a medlar and quince, for example. And train new apples, pears, plums and soft fruit in a variety of ways. We try out my newly refurbished secateurs on the espalier and goblet apples which are carefully summer pruned by William, more than once each year if necessary, to keep their attractive shape. Plums are also trained as espaliers on metal arches, and red currants have cordons against the north-facing wall. The garden is managed completely organically by William, Julia and Lucy the gardener, who was trained in organic gardening by Julia 15 years ago, and has been helping one day a week ever since. In a secluded corner... A trellis covered in flowering climbers hides Julia's compost. Thirteen of them, according to William. A pond surrounded by pleached limes adds to the diversity. It all helps to make the garden a safe house for all sorts of creatures. Bees and hoverflies feed on the flowering herbs. Birds nest in the dense hedges and foxes and badgers visit. You certainly wouldn't know you were in the centre of Worcester. Step by step, servicing secateurs. Step one, remove rust and sappy residues with wire wool or an old file. Sharpen the beveled face of the cutting blade with a small file. Get the angle by placing the file flat on the blade and then raising it up a bit. Remove the burr by filing the opposite unbeveled face of the blade, keeping the file flat. Step two, Spray or wipe the blade with a thin mineral oil and remove any excess with a rag. Step 3. Tighten the pivot with an Allen key. What you need. William recommends a few basic bits of equipment for keeping garden tools in good working order. A small triangular file, one with a handle is safer to use. Good for shears, secateurs, loppers and scissors especially for getting into tight spaces. A sharpening stone, whetstone. These are usually made artificially from carborundum, silicon carbide, corundum, aluminium oxide or industrial diamond. They come in a variety of shapes and sizes according to use. General purpose stones are simple flat blocks. Cigar stones are good for sickles and scythes as it's easy to sit them at the right angle. Pocket-sized stones that could be carried around could be the most useful for gardeners. The finer the particle size of the stone, the finer the finish it will give. A small vice to hold tools while they're being sharpened. Thin oil or WD-40 and rag for wiping cutting blades once sharpened and for lubricating pivots. Any mineral oil such as sewing machine oil, even cooking oil will do. Linseed oil for rubbing into wooden tool handles to protect them. An old file or wire wool to remove rust and sappy residues from blades before sharpening. A set of Allen hex keys. Tool sharpening safety. Whenever practical, use a vise to secure tools while they're being sharpened. Fix sharpening stones securely so that they don't slip. Some have rubber feet or you can fix them to a wooden block. 
Wear thick gloves when sharpening sickles and scythes. Use files with secure handles so your fingers won't come too close to the blades. Run your finger across the flat surfaces of a blade to feel the burr, not along the sharp edge. More information. The Walled Garden off Fort Royal Hill, Worcester, is open under the National Garden Scheme, www.ngs.org.uk, and is open to garden groups by appointment. William also gives talks and demonstrations on tool sharpening and on the restoration and development of the garden. His booklet, At the Cutting Edge, and small triangular files can be obtained by contacting him at waldherbgarden at icloud.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.